Uh, before I forget, we forgot to mention at the beginning of the service that we have some people uh, each week now in the back to uh, just make themselves available to you for prayer. So when we worship later, they'll be back there. We're actually doing something a little bit different with communion today. So uh, communion will be back there. And so our prayer people will be over here on this side. So, uh, And we'll explain all that when we get to it in just a little bit. So we're uh, in the middle of a uh, series, uh, in the beginning of a series uh, for the spring called Following Jesus Together. It's basically... Uh, experiencing God, if you're familiar with that series. There's some pens uh, Brandon has and uh, some papers uh, to, to fill in the blank with that Kaysen has there. So um, uh, if you are first time with us, uh, you haven't been following along, then please uh, feel free to, to take a sheet too. I want everybody to have one tonight because of something that we're going to do a little bit later in the time. So if you haven't been using them, please take one tonight, even if you don't like filling in the blanks. Um, there is one blank that I'm going to uh, insist that we, we all fill out uh, together uh, on, on there. So um, we'll get to that toward the end of the, the teaching time. How many of you uh, remember or know what the term DTR means? Okay, this was before cell phone, like, abbreviation stuff, right? Uh, anybody, teenagers, don't know what this is? That's amazing. <laughs> the people that, that used to be teenagers know. Um, I guess it's like so 90s or early 2000s, yeah, yeah. So how many, ever, how many of you that know what that is ever had one of those? Okay. Uh, you may have like particularly bad memories of that or particularly uh, helpful memories, uh, fond memories of that because of how that went or didn't go. Uh, but DTR means define the relationship. All right, so uh, this, this came about, basically, uh, my theory is, anyway, that uh, most guys were not real great at uh, communicating what exactly was going on, and most girls that were dating these guys uh, got to a point where they needed to kind of know, what are we doing here? Uh, we've been on a few dates. Uh, we're spending a lot of time together. Are we dating? Uh, or maybe we've been dating for a while. Are we going to get married? Uh, and, and certainly it could work the other way uh, if before there was a DTR thing. Uh, so this is how old my dating goes back to. Uh, we still had those. We just didn't know anything cool to call it that, because I don't think we abbreviated much of anything back then. We actually, like, useful sentences or something. I don't know. Crazy. But uh, I felt like I was probably the one that, that initiated a lot of those conversations in my experience. But anyway, um, the reason I bring that up is because I think that as we've started into this uh, study together, and more importantly, unrelated to the study, more importantly, uh, regarding what God is doing with us, I believe, and I, I wish that uh, we could all be like a part of one another's interactions and conversations so much, like that we were like truly connected, like uh, that, that we actually knew 
uh, everything that was going on. I know that that might not be a great thing, but um, but I get to have some conversations uh, with with you guys that um, certainly uh, not all of which can be shared uh, for sure, and you wouldn't want that. But uh, but the way in which I can see God putting things together uh, is fascinating, and especially in light of what we're talking about. Uh, these days with uh, this idea of following Jesus together and all the, 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 the ways in which we're kind of trying to get our heads around this uh, in the seven realities uh, that we'll uh, review in just a second. But to, to be able to see just in this past week alone in uh, three or four uh, significant conversations, just how the, the dots are connected in the way that God is, is at work in some powerful ways. And and for all of us, uh, myself included, I believe that that is related to kind of this idea of, of this love relationship that we have with him and him uh, asking for a DTR from us in this season of our church. Uh, so as individuals and as a corporate body, I think that question just kind of looms over us for a while, uh, and, and we're going to hit it specifically today. And for the next two weeks, we're going to be talking about, or the next three weeks, actually, uh, t- today and, and two more weeks, uh, talking about the, the reality, uh, the second reality that uh, God uh, pursues a love relationship with each of us. And so let's review just kind of so we know where to put this all in together, uh, what we're talking about. Uh, the, the first of the seven realities of following Jesus uh, together uh, is that God is always at work around us. He's already doing stuff, uh, even if we're not aware of it. Uh, God's, God's at work, and we, we know that from Scripture. We know that about the, the character of God, uh, what he's about. He's, he's doing stuff. He's not removed from our midst. He is at work. Uh, and then secondly, that uh, Jesus is then pursuing a love relationship with us that is both real and personal. We, we believe that he did that on this earth, uh, in human form. We believe that he continues to do that. Uh, It's both real and personal for us. The third thing is that the Holy Spirit invites us to join him in his work. So as we are pursued, we are also issued an invitation to join God in what he's doing, to to join the Spirit's work uh, on this earth. And the way that we know that is that we we know that God speaks to us through the Holy Spirit through the Bible, through prayer, through circumstances, and through the church to show himself, to show his purposes, and to show his ways. The fifth reality of following Jesus is uh, that God issues this invitation, and it's to join him in his work, uh, and it's always going to bring us to uh, what we call this crisis of belief. We're going to have this moment, this uh, season where we're wrestling with God in, in some ways about what he has revealed to us, what he's invited us to do uh, based on where we are and then where he is. And so six is that we must make major adjustments in our life in order to follow Jesus. We've got to make those adjustments if we are truly going to say that we're people who follow Jesus. If we can't make the adjustments, then uh, we, we can't really say that we're following Jesus because he's saying, I'm going here. 
I've invited you to go. I've shown you a glimpse of where I'm going. Come, go with me. And we're either the disciples that drop everything and follow him, or we say, no, I got to go do this, Jesus. And we, we just can't follow him. But when we do, uh, the exciting thing is, and this is the seventh reality, is we get closer to him by experience. We get to be with him. We don't, we don't just read about him. We don't just hear it from other people. We experience the Lord as we obey him and as he works through us in this world. And that's called spiritual maturity. That's God moving us along, God, God bringing us closer to his heart, to his reality, uh, to what he's up to and as we engage in that. And so today, as I said, reality too is that Jesus pursues a love relationship with us that is both real and personal. And as I kind of uh, talked about this this week uh, and as we sent the emails out uh, to, to have you start thinking about this, um, I added the word in parentheses, and you may want to add this in your notes there, that Jesus still pursues a love relationship with us. Because we may know that he did that. We may, right? we may, we may remember that time well, and we may, uh, we may know just cognitively that, that he loves us and he, he cares about us. But do we really like, know that? Is it real to us today? Holly said something great in our prayer time at 345 today, which I invite you all to uh, every week, by the way. But um, uh, Holly, can you, do you remember what you said? Can you say that again? Do you mind? It was so good. Exactly. Um, I have a desire to obey, a heart to submit, but there's something about this love relationship that, like this week in the study, just opened me up to. Like, I, I want to say and, and fully love him, not just worship him, not just honor him, but love him. Yeah, yeah, it's perfect. Yes, I, I love that because I think we so easily can get just kind of in our head with God and uh, we, we forget that it's not just about uh, doctrine or, or, or even uh, just knowing truth, but it's, it's actually that love relationship with the Lord. Um, and, and Jesus wants us to have that. And so as he pursues that kind of relationship with us, he continues to do it. So it's different than it was when you first met him. It's different. It should be different than it was last week. It should be different than it was yesterday as we grow in the Lord, as we experience his love uh, and, and that intimacy with him, that he wants to go deeper, basically, in this relationship. It's not just a, like, okay, we're friends now, you know, on God book or whatever, like it, just like you check that box and then we don't interact anymore. It's that there's a real relationship that happens there. All right, so we're going to look at two big truths today and one big question. Two big truths and one big question. The first big truth is that God created us for a love relationship with Him. God created us for a love relationship with Him. And the second big truth is that a love relationship with God is the most important thing in our life. Remember we said that this study isn't like a formula. It's not a, we can't just like lay out a method for knowing God. This is to point us back to a love relationship with the person of Jesus Christ. Okay. 
All right, so let's kind of explore these a little bit more before we get to the big question. As it relates to God creating us for a love relationship with him, Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 5. um, This is what Jesus quoted from uh, what we have as kind of our, our memory verse for the week. Uh, it's hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. This is basically the summary statement of the entire Old Testament. This is the most important thing that you would know as a, as a young Jewish uh, person growing up. And, and so it's no mistake that when Jesus is asked, what, what, is, what is the greatest commandment? And they were thinking Ten Commandments, right? They were, they were trying to debate, like, what, which one is, is the greatest? And that Jesus, you know, quotes uh, that verse. I should have changed that. This is actually Mark 1230, um, where Jesus said, And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. Um, Mark 12, 30. This is Jesus' affirmation of all that is true about the Old Testament, all that is true about what's leading up to this point in history where he is the fulfillment of that uh, love and he is the object of that love from us and he is the initiator of that love to us. God created from the beginning, this is the way it was meant to be. This is, this is the, the banner over the whole story of God that he created us to be in a love relationship with him. Uh, he tells us uh, in, in a very familiar verse that, that, um, that he pursues us, that, that he loved us so much that he gave Jesus for us. And then in Romans 8, Get some really solid theology on this. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ, Paul says? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I'm sure that neither death nor life nor angels nor rulers nor things present nor things to come nor powers nor height nor depth nor Anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Our destiny, our purpose, the reason that we're here, the reason that we're created uh, is to love God. And then in John 15, 16, John tells us that, uh, well, that, that Jesus said this, that that as he speaks to his disciples, uh, you didn't choose me, but I chose you. It's kind of a reminder for all of us. Uh, and appointed you that, that you should go and bear much fruit and that your fruit should abide so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. Uh, that he is the one that, that chooses from his idea to have a relationship with us his idea to create us, his idea to commune with us, his idea to continue to work through us to bring about his purposes on this earth. And so that's what uh, kind of it, you know, some ideas behind the, uh, the first big idea of God creating us to have a love relationship with him. And I think it's important that we get that uh, in our minds and in our hearts uh, firmly before we proceed, 
because it, it has huge implications for how we proceed or if we proceed. If we don't believe that, if we don't know that truth, then uh, it, it makes everything else kind of like, what, what are we really doing here? Um, the, the second one builds on that. The second big, big idea is that a love relationship with God is the most important thing in our life. In other words, if number one is true, if that's why God created us, then loving him with everything, with all, should be our highest priority in life. I mean, that's kind of a no-brainer. It just like it adds up right there to tell us if 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 God created us, if this is why we're here, then why wouldn't we give our all to that? Why wouldn't our entire life be devoted to that? Uh, Deuteronomy 30, which I don't have on the screen, sorry. Um, and this will be great anyway because time. Uh, Deuteronomy 30, 19, 19 through 20 would be uh, something to look back to. Maybe I did put it up. Let me see. Did I go? Nope. I had things out of order. Um, and then um, a quote by the guy that wrote the, the workbook that we're using, if some of you are using that. And by the way, I've got one left uh, if anybody wants that one uh, to, to be able to use a workbook during the week. Um, but Henry Blackaby, the, the author of uh, Experiencing God, said, to be loved by God is the highest relationship, the greatest achievement, and the noblest position in life. And so as we go back to Mark 12 and, and, uh, and look at what Jesus said in his affirmation of what God had said long ago, that we are to love the Lord our God with all, um, this love relationship is the most important thing in our life. We keep that before us. We keep that truth before us. And then we understand that things about our life may have to change. Things about our life have to take different order, um, different priority because of this uh, all important, most important relationship. All right? So uh, God created us for a love relationship with him and a love relationship with God is the most important thing in our life. Um, so the big question is for each of us, can we describe our relationship with Jesus by sincerely saying, I love you with all my heart. So when the DTR comes and it's here, <laughs> uh, you're responsible for what you hear, uh, and, and I am too. Um, how do we answer that question? Uh, honestly, with the Lord. I really want us to, to think about that. I really want each of us to, to, to take stock uh, of what our life looks like right now in, in trying to answer that question. Um, do I love you with all my heart, Lord? Is that true? There's three more things that I think we need to know, and then we're going to come back to that question um, Three more things to know about God's love relationship with us. The first is that our feelings are not the best indicator of God's love. Our feelings are not the best indicator of God's love. Notice I didn't say they're worthless, uh, they're irrelevant. Um, God created our feelings, right? 
it's just that we tend to, out of the way that our, our flesh uh, calls us to, uh, want to be kind of run by our feelings more often than not. And we need to, I think we said this last week, uh, that we need to be careful to let truth dictate those feelings more than we let the true uh, feelings dictate what we believe to be true. Because sometimes that's not the case. We may really feel something that is contrary to what is true about God and, and the way that he sees you or the way that he uh, approaches a relationship with you, with you or the way that he loves you. And so it's important to go back to what is really true. Um, C.S. Lewis said, though our feelings come and go, God's love for us does not. It's a real thing that many of you may not feel like in love right now with God. Like you don't have that. You maybe remember a time, and maybe you're comparing it to that, uh, that, that you really felt like vibrant in your relationship with the Lord. And, and that was real, uh, and it was personal. Uh, and, and, and you know that, and you know that where you are right now is not anywhere close to that, or it's not on par with what you would like it to be. Uh, related to, to that. Or maybe you've never really experienced that, and, but you think, yeah, I've heard other people talk about it. I know that there's more to it. Um, what, what is that? What, what would that look like for me? Um, and again, our feelings are not bad, but when that's what we're trying to work toward is, is a feeling, then we're just focused on the wrong thing. Uh, the, the feelings are going to come when they need to come. They're going to follow the truth. Uh, so let's be okay with, with setting that aside if, if our pursuit is in that direction. If you just don't feel it right now, that, uh, don't beat yourself up about that. Uh, let's, let's adjust our thinking toward what is really true, and then let's see what God does with that, with our feelings. Um, the second thing uh, that, uh, just in, in addition, I think we need to know about God's love relationship with us is that God will not allow competitors. God does not like us cheating on him, basically, is what it comes down to. Uh, God is not going to settle for second place in our life. It's just not, I mean, it doesn't make any sense for him to. Uh, and... And uh, it's a big deal to him. He says in Matthew 6, uh, 24, that, that we can't serve two masters. And uh, it was in relationship to talking about money or possessions, but you could insert a lot of things in, in that scripture. For either, uh, either we're going to hate one and love the other uh, based on how we function. Like we're just going to have our devotions going to be in, in one direction. Um, and we're going to basically, in light of that, despise the other. That's the kind of relationship, the, the dichotomy of, of the understanding that he wants us to have as it relates to him being our all. Like, everything is less important than, than him. Everything. Uh, including our family. Uh, and he's not saying don't love your family. He's just saying that can't be your God basically, uh, because that's what it becomes if it's in the wrong order. Um, 
can't be your security. It can't be your cell phone. Um, whatever we put in front of God uh, is something that we're choosing to make God, basically, because we're saying we love that more. Deuteronomy 10, uh, 6, 10 through 15. Listen to this. It's a little longer, but... Um, says, when the Lord your God brings you into the land that he swore to your fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give you with great and good cities that you did not build, by the way, and houses full of all good things that you did not fill, by the way, and cisterns that you did not dig, by the way, and vineyards and olive trees that you did not plant, by the way, and when you eat and are full, then take care lest you forget the Lord. Who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. It is the Lord, your God, you shall fear. Him you shall serve, and by his name you shall swear. You shall not go after other gods, the gods of the peoples who are around you, the culture. For the Lord, your God, in your midst is a jealous God lest the anger of the Lord your God be kindled against you and he destroy you from off the face of the earth. Very clear that our God is not messing around. He wants to know that he's first place. Uh, Jesus said in, in Matthew 6, 31 through 33, therefore do not be anxious, saying what shall we eat or what shall we drink, what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Putting God first will result in us getting what he knows that we need. And so we don't have to work for that. We just need to be who we're created to be in the love relationship with him and to let that stuff follow in its proper uh, time. The third thing is that God's love is personal and practical. Think about Adam and Eve after the fall. God didn't have, I mean, this is like one of those parts of scripture like, okay, that, that's great for the story. What, what does that mean? And I think this is what it means. When, when God said that he uh, clothed them, you know, they were, they were now uh, aware that they, were naked and they were ashamed. But before they were in the original creation, uh, meant to be naked and unashamed. Uh, and and so uh, what what God did in their uh, shame uh, that that they had put on themselves, He clothed them. He gave them some skins uh, to to wear. Now that's pretty practical of God, right? So lest we not forget that in these moments of like where we're just thinking about God and, and the, the bigness of that relationship and, and we think, oh, but, you know, I'm going through this or this is, uh, this is what I really need. This is what I really struggle with right now. God knows that. God is right there in the details of your life. And if you need to be clothed, he will kill an animal and put a skin on you to make it happen. Because he knows that's what you need. He will supply uh, your needs in Christ Jesus. Think about Hagar when she fled uh, because uh, Sarah had kind of uh, tricked her and used her. And she was all alone. 
And God showed up in Hagar's life and, and said, I see you, and I love you, and I'm going to provide for you. He did not forget about her. Think about the Israelites. We're daily on this journey, and, and we're told not to take anything with them. And, and so they didn't have anything to, to hunt with or, or anything. And God supplied their needs each morning by sending this strange food out of the sky called manna and, and sending quails for them to eat and sending water uh, from the ground for them to drink. So uh, God provides, God knows uh, our practical needs. He sees you, he meets you where you are, and he knows what you need. He's been doing that since the beginning, right? Uh, and and, and he, he did it through the birth, life, uh, the, the, the death, the resurrection, and he's doing it through the reign of Christ now. He's doing that right now in your life, in my life, in our life together, meeting those practical needs, knowing what we need, meeting us in that space. So the big question still remains for us. Uh, can I really describe my relationship with Jesus by sincerely saying that I believe all that stuff and it translates to me loving you with all my heart? You can be trusted. Uh, I know that this is what I was created for. Uh, so yes, Lord, yes, everything is yours. Every, all of me is yours. I can say yes to that. Or can we? Uh, can we describe as a church our relationship with Jesus that way? Can we say that we... We as a people really love Jesus with all of our heart, with all of our mind, with all of our strength. All right, so uh, in order to answer that question more fully, um, we've got to pause right now. And I'm not going to ask you to do it right now, um, but I'm going to ask you to set up a date with Jesus. So there's a blank there, and I want you to get out your calendars. I want everybody... I want you to, this isn't like, oh, that's sweet that he's saying, that. no, I, I'm, I'm going to stand here until we all do it, basically. And you may, you know, not want to do it. And if you want to be stubborn that way, that's fine. But this is important. If I told you it was the only blank I care about you filling in today. Uh, so please do this for uh, us as a people. It is vital to what I think God is, is doing. Um, I want you to plan a time this week. Uh, it, it can be before Com Group, but it doesn't have to be because we're going to be in this section for a little bit longer. Um, a, a time that you can basically have a date with Jesus. Uh, some of you say, I've never had a date before. Well, good. This is your first date then. And mark this down in your, your journal that, that you had your first date with Jesus. That's pretty awesome because uh, you're going to do it this week. Uh, kids, I'm talking to you too, okay? Yeah, get out your journal, your planner, whatever, and, and make a date with Jesus right now. When can I do that? When I've got this going on here, I need some space. How much space? You know, what, what, what's Jesus expecting out of this date? Well, I think he's expecting, and what I would hope for us to plan, is something a little bit above the normal, okay? So in other words, if your typical date night is, is sitting around watching TV, then maybe it's time to, like, get dressed up and go out to dinner and maybe go to a movie or a concert or something, okay? Um, 
add to the, 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 the typical. Now, I'm not suggesting that you actually go to dinner with Jesus this week. Now, that may be a, a really cool thing to do. Uh, it might freak the waitress out quite a bit. But uh, if somebody does that, I'm anxious to hear a share time next week uh, about that. But, um, but do something special, like something that you wouldn't normally do, like uh, go for a walk in the park um, with Jesus. And I'm going to give you some stuff tonight uh, via email to like prompt because, you know, uh, like some of us on dates, we don't know like what, what to talk about sometimes. Uh, so these will just be some conversation starters. Um, how's your day going, Jesus? That kind of thing. Um, but uh, you'll get those tonight. Uh, and then I, I would love for us to be able to share some of that next, next Sunday. Some of it may be like too, like, I'm not ready to share that. Uh, but uh, I, I mean, like, if you're not doing anything, uh, then, hey, 15 minutes. 15 minutes is, is all I'm asking. You know, just get that on your calendar. Somehow, someway, get up 15 minutes earlier. Um, Go to bed 15 minutes later, knock 15 minutes off your lunch break, whatever it is. Uh, make something happen. Put it on your... Everybody got something in the blank right now? Huh? Seriously, get it, get it on there. It won't happen. I'm telling you, if you don't get it on your calendar today, it won't happen. <laughs> Somebody's going to get up and share next week that I knew I should have planned it and, it, and it didn't happen. No, because they won't be that honest. They won't share that. But that will probably be the case. Get it on your calendar. It won't happen. When is the big date? We look forward to the big date. Look forward to this time with the Lord. Um, Remember, I, I'm going to give you some things if you're like, I don't know what to do with that. Uh, just having some time with him. Some of you do this every day, like awesome. Um, add, add something a little, little special to it this week. Just sp spending time with him. We're going to close with this from Zephaniah 3.17. The Lord, your God, is in your midst. A mighty one. Who will save? Servers, you can go uh, get our communion. Um, band's going to come up. We're going to worship some more. We're going to have a time to respond to God out of his love, in his love. The Lord, our God, is in our midst. I, I see it. I, I see, I hear it in the conversations uh, and the things that, even the hard stuff, okay? I'm not saying that everybody's just like, hey, Valentine's Day with God, like, isn't this sweet? Um, no, no, God's doing some deep, powerful stuff with us. He's in our midst. And he is a mighty one who will save. He will save this relationship. He will not be thwarted. He will rejoice over you with gladness. That's, that's what we look forward to um, in, in, our, in our date with God, knowing that this is true, this, knowing this is something he already believes. He's going to rejoice over us with gladness. 
and then he will quiet you in his love. Some of us are basically freaking out right now about our lives in many ways. And I put myself in that same category in, in some areas. It's just crazy. And, and sometimes I, I just don't know what to do about, about some of the things that, that seem to be happening and the Lord's throwing at me. Um, and then I read something like this, that, that he's going to quiet us in his love. Be, be still and know that he is God. He will, he will exalt over us with loud singing. That word exalt, uh, the, uh, basically means uh, that he's just going to gush over us. That he's just going to just love on us. Just, just be uh, really, really proud and happy to sing over us. We're going to worship. We're going to commune. Daniel's going to come and lead us through that time. And I just invite you to continue to, to, uh, to fall deeper in love with Jesus as we do.